Welcome to the Wine or Milk podcast, where we rewatch and review nostalgic movies and media from our childhood to see if it aged like wine or milk. I'm Jess. And I'm Kyle. And this week we're going to be watching Clueless. Clueless. That's an apt title because I am literally clueless about this film. Have you ever seen it? <laughs> clueless. I'm breezing right past that uh, joke. Have you seen the movie? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't think I've seen it. it. I have literally no idea what's happening in this film. None. I'm looking at this poster and I'm like, whose are these? I, What's happening? Yeah. Is it like a prequel to Gossip Girl? To Gossip Girl? No. I think this takes place in California. Gossip Girl's in New York. Prequels don't always take place in the same place. Don't you know things? Apparently I'm being educated today <laughs> by you, so lucky me. Like, The Phantom Menace takes place on Naboo, but Naboo was never in the original trilogy. So, I feel egg like on your face. Your argument still doesn't stand because this is absolutely not a prequel to Gossip Girl, <laughs> and none of the characters are the same whatsoever. I'm basing and it entirely off the poster, and there's stairs with white column things. I mean, the movie is definitely about rich people, that's for sure, <laughs> and that's about all that there is in common, and high schoolers, but no, it is not a prequel. Okay. As someone who's seen the movie. I'm going to go into it thinking it's a prequel, though, and talk all about that in the second half. Great. So be like willfully incompetent and incorrect. That sounds about right. That tracks. Oh, man. Oh, boy. So you know nothing about this movie? No, like I literally, I don't know anything. I actually have only seen it once. So I don't remember too, too much. Mm -hmm. I remember it's about, I believe the main character's name is Cher. I remember that because- Cher? Cher. Like the singer? Yeah, that's why I remember the name. I don't think she's named after the singer, but same name. And she's in high school- I believe she's very, very, very rich and very popular. So they t- they live in the rich part of California. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that rich part is, but the one that all the teen soaps are based on. I'm assuming well, there's like area. there's Orange County, and then uh, like Beverly Hills, and uh, that's all I know. It's probably one of those places where she lives would be my guess. And at one point, she tries to get her driver's license, and she has a, a, a cute Jeep. Dream car, right? Mm-hmm. As, a, as a teen, especially. And she hits a lot of things. Oh, good. Does she still pass? I don't know. Because she's rich? I'm not sure. I don't really remember. Oh, Paul Rudd is her stepbrother. And oh, yes. I think at the end of the movie, they fall in love. But it's not Sorry, like what? a- what? Yeah, I don't know. They're not blood related. They're just step-siblings. Okay. You know? But I always thought it was weird because he's like in college, I think, and she's in high school. That's so the weird part, yeah. I don't know. There's a big <laughs> age gap. I don't know. I always thought that was weird. But yeah, that's that's clueless in a nutshell. I remember being very, very funny. I know she says, as if, that's like her little catchphrase. Her catchphrase on yeah. the t-shirts. Sure, on the t-shirts. <laughs> and um, I feel like it's just like a classic teenage comedy. Is it just like a comedy movie that doesn't really have life, life lessons or anything? Or is it trying to be like a coming of age type film as well? I think it's like a coming of age from what I remember. So I see this on Wikipedia. I do remember... Like, when I first watched it, knowing this movie was based off of some kind of classic novel. And I always thought it was Shakespeare. It was, like, based off Mm. of a Shakespeare play. But it's actually loosely based off of Emma by Jane Austen. That was so hot in the 90s. Like, taking classic literature and turning them into modern TV shows or movies and stuff. Like, that was so hot. There were so many of them. Yeah, She's the Man. That one is based on a Shakespeare for sure. Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, it was? I think so. I didn't know that. Well, then you had like the Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio, like Claire Danes, modern Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, where the gun had the word sword on it. 
Yep, I will, yep. That that is the image of that. I didn't like it. Awful, awful adaption. Adaptation. Adap- adaption. Adaption. <laughs> that had a like, adaptation. A sword on it's it. definitely awful. adaptation. I awful. think we're making up words. We are. <laughs> but yeah, I remember. I feel like this movie is just really funny. It's a coming of age. I feel like it's a, a classic teen movie. I'm excited. I feel like this movie paved the way for movies like Mean Girls. Oh, and like cool. um, Easy A, you that's know, a, that's a big statement. So I'm excited to see this. No, I, I really feel like this is the original that like really set the stage for those types wow. of movies. Okay, wow so. that 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 turned my perception of this film around. Because when you were describing it, I was like, I'm not super sure I'm excited to watch this. But if you're saying this paved the way for Easy A, Mean Girls, that type of thing, I'm pretty pumped to see this. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I think this is like the original. Like this movie walked, so Mean Girls could run, but also this movie probably ran. I think it's gonna. So be. Mean Girls could sprint, and Easy A could be shot out of a cannon. Sure. <laughs> I'm uh, sure. I'm also excited because we haven't. We've talked about it a couple times. We haven't seen a lot of movies that have really strong female leads, and this is just a movie about a woman. Yeah. So that that's cool. Like, you know, even in some ways, like, You've Got Mail was the story of a of a guy and a girl. This one, from what you're setting it up and what I'm seeing on Wikipedia, it seems like it's just the story of a girl. I'm excited. She does play like a kind of like a ditzy, like yeah. klutzy, dumb. I'm expecting that. Dumb character, but. I mean, um, the title's clueless, so. Yeah, that's kind of the giveaway <laughs> there. <laughs> But yeah, I, I would definitely say I remember this being more like a coming of age movie. Cool. What's kind of cool is it says that it was filmed over a 40 day schedule and that the film's director studied real Beverly Hills high school students to understand how real teens in the 1990s talked and learned some appropriate slang terms. That's I'm awesome. wicked excited for that. Well, I guess it's Beverly Hills for one, then for certain. Yeah. And then also some appropriate slang. That's yeah, hilarious. I'm re- <laughs> really excited I'm for that. Really, because you know, uh, watching media now and like they try to do like the kids' language and it comes off so cringe. Oh I my wonder gosh, how accurate yeah. this is going to be. I'm pretty excited for it. I don't know. I wasn't all that excited going into this, but the way that you just described it to me, I'm getting there. I'm, I think this could be a fun watch. Yeah. So since you haven't seen this movie. Like, what would it need to be a wine for you? Like, what pieces of the high school experience would you want to maybe see in this movie? I'm going to try. I'm trying to think of what I like from other types of movies that are in this genre. Okay. I think something that I really enjoy is when there's lots of like quick throwaway classroom scenes where they like have like little, like almost like sitcom situations in a classroom, like dissecting frogs or something. Mm-hmm. And it has like a, a strong, supporting cast of just like the background actors who can like pull those scenes off and bring it together. Okay. I like those because it makes it feel like a whole movie. It, it like ties the whole experience together for me. Okay. So that's one thing. I'm looking forward to seeing if they can toe that line with the main actress of having a like ditzy kind of character, but not making it so over the top that you're just like, this is bad or yeah. it's a bad portrayal of woman. It's wicked stereotypical or something. Like, if it's more a statement on wealth than gender, I think that'll be a very important line to to tell. Ooh, that's a good point. Ooh, I like that. Wealth over gender. Yeah. Okay. Like, if all of the rich dudes are smart and relatable and fun, and all of the rich, like, women are crappy, it's going to be like, okay, that that won't age as well for me. And I'm expecting that there will be some sort of love interest, like you said, with Paul Rudd. But I, I personally... And this might be colored by 
the way that Hollywood has gone now, mm-hmm. it seems like you can't watch anything without there being some ham-fisted love story into it. So if there has to be love, do it well or don't do it at all, is my opinion. So yeah. I want to see how this one plays out. I think the main drive of the movie might be that she's matchmaking other people. Okay, cool. I think. I could be very, 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 very wrong about that. And I think with Paul Rudd, if I remember, it's kind of like a surprise type thing at the end. Like, it's kind of like the person was there and I knew it all. I didn't know it all along. Mm. It's like a reveal at the end that they're- Oh, that's fun. You know what I mean? Into each other. I can't remember if there's hints that he's into her or not. But she's kind of clueless about him as well. Not clueless. Yeah, maybe that's where the name comes from, partially as Every well. Every time we say the I don't word know. clueless, just in normal context, I'm going to put in one of those booms. Every time. I really hope you don't do that. <laughs> no, no I'm, one I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, and then I would say, if it's going to be a coming of age. Yes. I think it's good to have that be something meaningful. Mm-hmm. And not like they finally figured out how to order Starbucks by themselves. Okay, I don't think it's going to be that kind of movie. I just, I want it to be a true coming of age where they're like, you you have real growth in the main character, especially when they're setting the main character up to not be, to not have lots of strong life skills mm-hmm. from the sounds of it. I, I hope that there's some sort of aging that actually happens and we get to like grow along with the character, especially in that, that high school setting. I, li- I think that's a good place for it to happen. I think about things like, like 10 Things I Hate About You, you know? Takes you place- love that movie. I really love it. You love that movie so much. But it takes so place much. over a pretty good amount of time. We get to know the characters and the supporting cast. There's lots of little playful scenes. But then there is a big takeaway at the end where we get to see people grow up. I hope that we get that from this. I think Those so. Those are some of my criteria. I think it ends with her feeling empowered. I think that's a good way to do this type of film. A nice scene of like, I accomplished something and I'm empowered. If they can deliver that, I think I'll feel pretty good. I don't know if it's much as an an external accomplishment, but like recognizing that like she's a person who can get things done and has gifts and talent and things like that. Yeah. If that's what it can deliver on, I'm pretty, I'll be pretty excited about this film. I think, but like more than anything, like I said, if it's a statement on wealth over gender that is going to be the most critical thing that i can anticipate right now okay well i'm glad i asked this question i didn't think you were going to take it so seriously oh no i thought you're gonna be i I think the sanctity (laughs) of wine or milk very seriously well i asked what pieces you'd want from the movie about the high school experience (laughs) so i was like oh you know not the trope of nerds getting shoved in a locker yeah i don't know I was a nerd and I was never shoved in a locker. I've never seen someone shoved in a locker (laughs) or someone's head in the toilet, the flush thing. Yeah. I've never seen that either. It probably happens, I guess. It came from somewhere. Yeah. And you know what? That's a good point, too. I mean, like, I'm expecting some of that stuff because it's a 90s film about school. And that was like the heyday of that type of like nonsense. But if it doesn't have an overly large amount of those, I'll be happier for it. Okay. Alrighty. Well, I'm excited. Like I said, I don't really remember much. I think I've only seen it once when I was a teen. Mm -hmm. So this will be good for me to rewatch. I'm excited. I feel like it's like a cult classic for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And from what I remember, I did really like it. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking it'll probably be a milk. No, I'm sorry. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. 
mean, it'll probably be a wine. I lost my words. Oh my I don't gosh. know what's happening. That was really funny. I'm thinking it'll be a wine. You're talking about how much you like. You think it's good, and then you're like, so I think it's gonna be a milk. I, I think like- I'm just in the mood. I drank a lot of wine yesterday. Yesterday was Thanksgiving, and I drank a lot of wine. So I think my body is rejecting the idea of wine being a good thing right now. That and it's makes like, sense. oh, you need some calcium. And or I have something. a latte on my desk, so you saw all that foamed milk. Yeah, I don't know. Milk came out of my mouth, but I really meant to say wine. A wine? Yeah. I really, I'm going in completely blind. Like, if I had to guess, just based off of other stuff that came out around now, or around this time frame, and the type of characters and stuff that it's covering, I would guess it would be a milk, because I think it's hard to do well. Mm-hmm. Right? So just just based off of, like, the the mountain in front of them, odds are it would be a milk. But how you described it, especially as a precursor to those other movies and and stuff like I think it could I do think that they can pull off a wine. I just think it has to I think it really it's going to come down to that that gender role bit. Gotcha. So I'm I'm going to say it's going to be a wine. What's your final guess? If you had a guess. I'll go with a wine too. I want to go in I'm going to go in feeling optimistic. I like that. But like I said, like I think this type of movie it's way easier to do a milk than a lot of other types of movies. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's had 25 years now to age. Oh, I didn't even look at what year it came out. 1995? Yeah. So, 25 years. Wow. That feels crazy to me that 1995 was 25 years ago. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that that's... I I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. So, as you pointed out, this movie came out in 1995. It was directed by Amy Heckerling, produced by Scott Rudin and Robert Lawrence. Written by Amy Heckerling, starring Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, Brittany Murphy, and Paul Rudd. And I was confused by this. There's a new, like a current actress by the name of Brittany Murphy, right? From Pitch Perfect? No, that's Brittany Snow. Oh, Brittany Snow. They're different people. Well, okay. No, Brittany Murphy passed away, unfortunately. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very sad. Yep. She was an uptown girl. But there's, they are very separate people, Brittany Murphy yeah, and Brittany Snow. I was confused in my head. Yeah, so music by David uh, Kate. Kate? Kate. David uh, Kate. So yeah, I don't remember the music at all, to be honest. I have no I my expectations for this music is very low. Oh, you're such a hater. I mean like it's a nineteen ninety-five high school movie. You know? No, I, I won't think the say it. I think the music will be nostalgic. I, I I'm gonna say it anyway. You know <laughs> great music. 10 things i hate about you oh my god dude <laughs> what is with you in this movie no i really love it we need to nominate it soon so we can get it out of the way I get it out of my system i just remembered they had that scene where they're on the, hut, the roof of the school anyway that's not the movie i've we're only talking seen about. that movie like once or twice and i don't remember liking it that much if your intention <laughs> shoot an arrow through my heart bullseye it's also another movie i didn't like very much producers oh god we're such different people (laughs) we really are i guess that's why we work though who knows but yeah clueless i'm excited to watch it it's been a while yeah it's gonna be i feel like regardless or not that age like wine it is still a classic yeah and it has paved the way for a lot and based on that the last little fact i'll I'll throw at you is uh wikipedia says it got a cult following uh and it had a spin-off sitcom television show a series of books based off of it, which is weird because it was, in fact, based on a book. And Paramount Pictures has announced that they are producing a remake. Oh, man. So there's a th- this has had a continued legacy. I'm not a fan of remakes. 
nor am I. It, it's tough to get them right. But anyway, that's Clueless. Oh my gosh, I love Cher's dress on the cover of Is this Is it the poster, red one? Though. Yeah, with the shoes. With, the, an with the white look. boa, the yeah. feather boa. Look at her cell phone. Oh my God, yeah. It's got the antenna and everything. Anyway, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really, I'm actually very, very excited yeah, to watch this, this one. this will be fun. I'm just curious to see how I feel about the ending with her and Paul Rudd getting together. That'll be weird. As an adult. Because again, I remember my hang-up was the, the age difference, but your hang-up seems to be the step-sibling thing. So Yeah, that seems <laughs> weird. Uh, anyway, Clueless, let's see how it aged. that was exactly like my high school experience to the T, pretty much. Yeah. I think that was everybody's high school experience, really. Nailed it. Yeah. I don't think we really need to talk about it because everybody just lived it. Yeah. I also had a very expensive Jeep when I was 16. (laughs) And I had a computer that would pick out my outfits for me. I don't think that program existed. That was just movie magic. It was pretty cool, though. Yeah. But I don't think that existed in 1990, whatever. It's cool that you could go through your closet and it'll tell you if it matched or not, give you a preview of what it looks like. Pretty cool. Some of those kids really needed that program because they dressed awful. Amber? Terrible. 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 Terrible outfits all the time. Who's Amber? She was like the the redhead. Oh, that girl. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Cher's fashion and Dion's fashion. Like it was okay. A lot of plaid. I'm into plaid though. Nothing fit. Why did nothing ever fit in the 90s? I feel like that was a thing, though. Yeah, it was a dumb thing. I'm happy that we're past that. I like the pictures of your clothes from the 90s. Yeah, it looked awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, it looked terrible. But that's childhood. But yeah, this was uh, it was pretty fun. I had a good time watching this movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything about it, to be honest. Everything? You don't have a single negative? Okay, I have a couple negatives for yeah, sure. So- be careful with your words, Jess. Okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> no, it it was really fun. It was a pretty fun movie. I, w- I was definitely pleasantly surprised going into it. I have so much I want to talk to you about this, so I'm just going to dive right in to the recap, if that works for you. Sure. Refresh my memory. It's been a couple days. Cool. So, movie opens to... We're the kids of America. In America. In America? Yep. I don't know the words. I know this song very well because it was in the Digimon movie. Oh. Which is kind of weird because Digimon most certainly does not take place in America. Kind of weird song choice there, but I loved it. For Digimon, not for this movie. Yeah, yeah. But I like, I Napstered it as a kid and I listened to it a whole lot. It was the Len version. And so. That means nothing to me. I didn't have Napster either. this song. (laughs) I barely (laughs) had dial up at my house growing up. But yeah, opens with Kids in America. Kind of short, like throwaway opening credits, but still going strong. On all of our opening credits. This is, as you were saying, Jess, she starts with the dress me computer bit. And she like, it's picking out her outfit and all that stuff. And it it introduces something that they use throughout the film, which I actually loved. It was a a voiceover where the main character is the narrator. I, I enjoyed it. And it was done really well in this film. It was really good. 
A, I think, what was her, what's the actress? Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone, I think, did a great job as Cher. And she kept all of that same, like, mannerisms and voice quirks in the voiceovers. And it worked really well. She was a great narrator. And they introduced it really early. And I loved it. Loved it. Yep, yep. I agree 100% on all the things you said. And so this is where we About that, not life. (laughs) (laughs) To clarify. And so we get introduced to some of the characters. She's setting the table for us. She says her daddy's a litigator. She doesn't have a license yet. I I appreciate it. She goes, yeah, my daddy's a lawyer, but he fights with me for free because I'm his daughter. Yeah. Which I thought was funny. And actually, fun fact, we've seen the dad before. He was in Rookie of the Year. He was the franchise owner's like nephew. The the evil one that was trying to sell What's-His-Face to the Yankees. Yeah. So yeah, get a little bit of a montage meeting some people, and then we jump to class. And we're in You like, missed her best friend is Dion. You can't just pass over Dion. Yeah, I, I guess we should go through some of the characters. That That's usually helpful. So there's Cher. Yes. She's the main character, leading lady. Her best friend is Dion, and she has a great little line about how they're uh, both named after people who were famous but now are in commercials or something like that great singers of the past that now do infomercials really great sharon dion then her dad who is a litigator josh who we'll meet a little bit later who is played by paul rudd and that's her stepbrother her ex-stepbrother ex-stepbrother thank you murray who is dion d they usually call her her boyfriend uh who's played by turk from scrubs he has a real name probably i i don't know his name but (laughs) turk from scrubs Ty, who is a new girl that we get introduced to, and then a bunch of supporting cast that we'll talk about uh, when we get there. But those are the main players. For sure. Travis, I guess, would be another classmate who ends up being a main player. Travis Birkenstock. He's like a skateboarding, stoner, burnout type. Who's very endearing, in my opinion. He is, actually. And he had a cute smile. So yeah, we have that opening montage, and then we jump into class. I think it was like... English or it was debate, history? Debate class. It was ju- it was a whole class on debate. That's a thing in high school. We did not have that, and I would have loved it. I'm glad that you didn't have, have it, it because you already have <laughs> annoying debate habits. Not annoying, I guess, just effective debate habits that uh, I usually suffer from. Suffer. I never win any argument. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The question that Cher is debating was great. Should all oppressed people be offered refuge in America? And her answer was was very good. It was I can't remember all of it, but at one point she says, it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. Oh, so wonderful. Died. That was really great. Honestly, it was like a dumb argument. Like when you're inviting everyone to the party, there might not be enough food at first when you see everyone coming that's an RSVP. Yeah. But you make room for them and like the government just needs to rearrange some things and make room for other people. It was a really bad argument, but... The message and, like, the overall thesis was pretty good. Yes. And one of the things I liked about the movie, they really painted Cher as clueless and rich and out of touch, but she wasn't heartless. Maybe because we're in the late... Well, not late 2000s, but the 2010s and 2020s have been a lot about, like, wealth inequality and stuff, and there's a lot of shows that have, like portrayed rich people as also heartless monsters in a way and i don't think they did that with her like she did have a lot of endearing qualities about her she wasn't like snobbish and standoffish and that started from the get-go and i liked it yeah and i wouldn't say i think 
they were saying she was clueless about certain things, but not necessarily intelligence. No, 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 no. Which was one of my criteria in the opening bit. She's very smart. She's smart. Like, she doesn't always know how to use it and stuff, but, like, yeah. she's not completely incompetent, which was, a, I think, important. And they, they introduced that early to kind of, I think, set the stakes and be like, look, I know the name of the movie is Clueless, but, like, she's not completely incompetent. And I liked that. However, she gets a C in her debate class, and so this is not great for her. They set up this plot that I thought was actually going to be the whole movie, but it didn't end up being that, where she's trying to get her teachers to raise her grades. So oh, apparently this has worked for her in the past as well. She like says in the yeah. voiceover, which she, is pretty great. She tells her dad, because uh, he's asking about her grades, and she goes, the teachers were trying to lowball me, daddy, but you always told me to never accept the first offer. <laughs> so good. So she says that she needs to go to a sanctuary where she, where she can regather her strength. And so her and Dee go to the mall. And as they're there, she's kind of thinking through what she can do to get her grades up. She has had success with all of her teachers except for her debate class teacher, Mr. Mr. Hall, Hall. Who we've also seen. He was Vizzini in Princess Bride. Inconceivable. That was pretty fun to see him. And so... <laughs> Cher comes to the conclusion that what Mr. Hall needs to be happy is a good, healthy boink fest. Oh, yeah, I had that in my notes, too. That exact <laughs> quote. <laughs> and so she plots to set up Mr. Hall with, was it her English teacher, maybe? Or like... I don't know. Miss Geist, though. I think yeah. she might have been an English teacher. Or like world politics or current events. I don't know. Miss Geist. And so, like I said, I thought this was going to be the whole movie, but... It's, setting the teachers up. Yeah, but it's really just a few minutes of her doing this plot. So she leaves a note in Miss Geist's, like, cubby thing. Like the teacher's mailbox. Yeah. The mailbox. And, and it's like a little love letter. Yeah, she writes it and signs it, your secret admirer. And, and leaves uh, a rose. Yes, leaves a rose. But it's like a love quote. And D is like, oh, Cher, where'd you get that quote from? It's famous, right? And uh, Cher goes, it's a famous quote from Cliff Notes. <laughs> That was a good one. That was a Love really that good one. And Remember Cliff Notes? That's like the only way I understood Shakespeare yeah. back in the day. And so we jump ahead to Mr. Hall's class again, and he's going through all of the people that have been tardy in the class recently. Love this scene. And Here's your throwaway classroom scene you wanted. Yeah, actually, there was a lot of those where we had just random class scenes with the supporting actors, which I really enjoyed. And it ends with Cher telling Mr. Hall that Miss Geist was right about him when she said that he was the only one at the school with any intelligence. Planting the seeds. Planting She's the seeds sprinkling early. the seeds. And, and then, he lights up. He, he does. He so actually does. It was that. cute. At first, I was a little worried. I was like, is this going to be like she's setting them up against their will and it like turns out bad? But actually kind of works. So No, they're it. They're feeling it. Yeah. So then her big move is that she brings extra coffee one morning and gives it to Mr. Hall to bring to Ms. Geist, and at the same time, she, like, makes Miss Geist over by, like, taking some things out of her hair and, they like, They took her glasses off, stuff. and she was beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And then Cher and Dee are in the parking lot and overlook Mr. Hall and Ms. Geist kissing. Making out. So. Hardcore making worked. out. <laughs> so. It, Can you imagine? She did it. She got all of her grades raised. Can you imagine seeing two of your teachers making out in high school? They I think that would Some of my, my teachers brain. were married, so Oof. probably would happen. It's weird. Now. Shares feeling on top of the world. The rest of the student body is really happy because this hard-ass teacher is in a much better mood. 
And so we are at gym class playing some some tennis and we are introduced to a new student, Ty. She's coming. I don't think they explicitly say it, but it sounded like they were trying to set her up with like a New York, New Jersey type accent. Some kind of East Coast city. Cher is feeling emboldened from setting these two teachers up. And she's like, you know what? There's a new student here. Being a new student's hard. I want to take her under my wing. I want to show her the ropes of this school. And I want her basically to be her protege and be popular. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to use my popularity for good. I'm going to show her the ropes. Going to set her up with a hot guy. It's going to be great. And so <laughs> they go into, Sharon D go to introduce themselves to Ty. And she <laughs> she says, I could use some herbal refreshment right now. You know, like marijuana. Yeah, I got it. Is what she's she's saying. Yeah, I got it. They think that I she's talking about. think they were talking about, talking about tea or anything like that. <laughs> Sharon D think that she's talking about tea. And she's like, they're like, oh, we don't have any of that. But, but we, we have do have Coke. Coke. Like the soda. <laughs> and Ty goes, you got Coke here? And they go, of course, it's America, which I just really enjoyed. Really, I also, really good. I like this throwaway interaction from earlier, too. So they're in gym class trying to play tennis. And um, the gym teacher is trying to get the girls to play and they're practicing their swing. And one girl goes, oh, I have a note for my tennis instructor. He doesn't want me to mess up my swing mm-hmm. like or anyone to affect his teaching on me, which I thought was hilarious because uh, my brother wasn't allowed to golf during baseball season. Because mm-hmm. the golf swing and the baseball swing were so different. So this reminded me of the extremely bougier version of this, where your tennis instructor yeah. actually writes you a note to get out of class. There's another yeah. absurd, absurd line here. The other, so that one girl is like, oh, yeah, my tennis instructor gave me a note. And then uh, the other girl goes, oh, my plastic surgeon said that, you know. He doesn't want me doing any activity where balls fly at my nose. I rewound to get the exact link because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, one of the classmates goes, well, there goes your social life. <laughs> Amazing. Really good. A plus banter. <laughs> this movie had very good banter. I I couldn't keep up with all the one liners. I was trying to like write jot them down because they were pretty funny. I couldn't keep up. They were good and they were witty. Specifically, I would say Cher and her ex stepbrother Josh, mm. when they're like interacting at home, they had pretty good banter and one liners. Yeah. At each other. And I do kind of recognize the irony of me saying that they were witty when they made a balls joke, but there were a lot of witty one liners. Balls can be witty. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> so Cher and Dee are working to make over Ty, and she ends up hanging out with the skater dude, Travis, in the lunch line. Sparks are flying. They are. Left and right. Chemistry and, is there. And Dee and Cher are like, uh, what's going on? So He's a loser. You can't date him. There's they, acceptable boys to date, and there's unacceptable boys to date. And Travis is unacceptable. And so she tries to kind of like shepherd Ty away, and they end up saying they want to give her a makeover which Ty was pretty excited about. So now there's a scene with another really great one-liner of Cher at home, and she's hanging out with Josh, and they don't really get along super well right now. They have that solid brother-sister kind of like catty vibe mm-hmm. going on. So they're like insulting each other, trying yeah. to throw each other under the bus. So Cher's doing the makeover with Ty still, and Ty and Cher are doing like workout videos. I think Cher says something like, you can't just do... The workout sporadically, you're not going to get buns of steel. Yes. And Cher was like, or Ty was like, what does sporadically mean? Cher's trying to like kick Josh out and all this stuff. But Josh is kind of like, 
into Ty, and Ty's kind of like into Josh. And so as Ty's leaving, she says, be seeing ya. She goes, I hope not sporadically. I thought it was nice. A little continuity there. Oh, yeah. How like Cher is explaining the the word to her and she tries to use it. I think Cher tells her to try to use it in a sentence. She at does. One point. She was like, your homework is to use it in a sentence today or something like she that. She knocked it, like it out of the park of the immediately. And did it right of. away. It was very good. I didn't get the vibe that Ty and Josh were necessarily into each other. Yeah, they were like kind of vibing, but it wasn't necessarily like trying to hit on each other. Hmm. Okay, I can see that. I, that's how it came off to me, at least. Yeah. Cher is like, don't you think I'm doing a good job taking her under my wing and showing her the ropes? And uh, Josh is like, I think it's it's crazy that you found someone even more clueless than you. Yeah. And that's another little thing I liked about the movie. They ta- they referred to lots of people as clueless. It's fun when movies say the name of the movie in the movie, and they did a good job with it in this one. But yeah, it kind of sets up just this dynamic. Just rush hour. It's just rush hour. It's just rush hour. Uh, it... it Set up this dynamic of, like, Josh kind of thinking that Cher is clueless and kind of dumb, and Cher trying to, like, prove him otherwise a little bit. He's, like, trying to be like, you're not worldly. I know so much. I watch the news. Mm -hmm. He's like, you watch cartoons. Yeah. So, as part of the makeover, Cher wants to set Ty up with a actual popular guy. And so there's this dude, Elton, that she's trying to get Ty to hang out with and eventually start dating. Mm -hmm. And so she sets up this elaborate scheme to like try out her new camera and take pictures and like portraits of all her friends. Oh, get closer together, squish together. Yeah. You know, keeps pushing Ty and Elton together until eventually her, his arm is around her and then takes some portraits of Ty, like holding a rose and Elton asks for like a copy of it. And he puts Ty's picture in his locker. Ooh, that looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. Bold move. So then they all go to a party. They're about to go to a party. Well, at first they get invited. Travis invites them, but Cher doesn't want to go. She's like, we don't do that. It's in the valley. Uh, And she doesn't want Ty and Travis together. Exactly. Because they're all those sparks. They're contagious. But they realize that Elton's going to be there. So she's like, all right, let's do it. They drive to the valley using a real map. Like from the glove box, they pull out like a map book. And have to navigate using maps. Dude, remember life before GPS? (laughs) It was so stressful. (laughs) Yeah. I remember my mom, before we went on road trips, we would have to, like, we didn't have a printer, but MapQuest existed, Mm -hmm. so we would, like, write out the directions. But then if you messed up, then you just had to, like, turn around and look for it. Yeah, you had to, like, go back and find that place. You know how stressful? I would be late to everything. Oh, my God. I would be, I would be sunk, because I still screw up the GPS. I, I know, dude. Sometimes you're like, do we have to turn yet? And it's like 0.1 mile away. And it's because I turned lane. the voice off. You can see it on the screen. I, I, it's I, the next turn. There's I, no other intersections coming up. Texas roads are weird. I don't know. Texas I left mean, lane road or left the left turn lane. This road was a normal road with the with a light, and there was a uh, an arrow to make I a know. left turn. It had its own lane, I like know. normal roads. I don't have an excuse. I'm just a, I'm bad at I'm bad at directions. But anyway, yeah. they make it to the party. And it was a Christmas party. So this is a Christmas movie. It's a fun time. I think we need to get past this thing where you think if one <laughs> snippet of the movie takes place during a certain time of the year that it's... A Christmas movie. Exactly. I don't think so. Um, that means Die Hard is definitely a Christmas movie and you tell me all the time it's not. Ugh, it's not. Anyway. But it takes place on Christmas through the whole movie. Uh, anyway. So using your own logic, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> so... Roll in with the homies. They get to the party and Cher's trying to really push Ty together with Elton. Everything kind of goes wrong at this party. D yep. 
and Murray get into a little tiff because Murray starts shaving his head at the party, which was kind of awesome and weird. I thought his head looked good shaved. It did. She was freaking out. She's like, what am I going to show my children in the yearbook? Yep. Ty gets hit in the head. They play that suck and blow game with the card and Elton drops it and ends up kissing Cher on the lips. He like intentionally drops it. He did intentionally drop it. Yeah. Right on the, right on the lips. And so everything goes wrong. They end up leaving the party and- Wait, wait, hold on. Like, real quick, real quick. I love this scene. Ty hit her head, and they're yeah. trying to check to see if she had a concussion. And Ellen goes, what, seven times seven? Yeah. And she goes, ask her stuff she knows. Yeah, she says, if it's a concussion, you have to keep her conscious. So ask her questions. And Elton goes, what's seven times seven? And she goes, something she knows. That was pretty good. So they go to leave, and Elton has a car, and one of their other friends has a car. And Cher is trying to get Ty to go in the car with Elton. He's very pushing back against it. Yep. Eventually, Cher gives in and she drives with Elton and he is putting the moves on hard. He's playing sexy music. Yep. He's playing the cranberries. <laughs> Gets everybody in the mood to make out. And he ends up pulling over and tries to kiss her. She is not into it. Stands up for herself. Down. I was proud of herself. And I'm proud that this, or I was happy that the scene didn't go too far into like full on sexual assault. I didn't think it needed to go there. You know, like some scene, like movies in the 90s would like overdo that as a joke. Like Back to the Future with Biff and yeah. Lorraine made me way more uncomfortable. Yeah, like it, it, he eventually picked up the vibe and like gave up, which yeah. was nice. She wasn't playing hard to get. She was really just not into you, dude. Yeah. But he has a hissy fit. He drops her off and sh- makes her walk home. And Sharon's ends up getting mugged. Bummer. And so she needs to call her brother to come pick her up because she's way far away in the valley. So Josh comes to pick her up and they like bond a little bit on the drive home. Yeah. And he's with a girl and she owns the girl. She She's saying like some Hamlet quote mm-hmm. and Cher's like, Hamlet didn't say that. It was someone else who I don't know. Yeah. So and, she's uh, got more Hamlet knowledge than I do. That's for sure. And Josh is a little impressed. So yeah. that was cool. He's like, huh, maybe she does watch the news. So to recover from this terrible night, Cher, D, and Ty play hooky. They go to the mall and they go to get some food. Yeah, because Ty is devastated. Elton is into Cher and not her. So she's pretty upset. Yeah. They have a nice little scene of like bonding and talking about boys. And the next day when they go back to class, this guy who had been missing for a while, he like spends a semester not at this school and then a semester at the school. I don't know. Oh, because his parents divorce. Yeah. Uh, his name is Christian, and he is finally back in class. And Cher has a big old crush on him. Oh, yeah. She's trying to get his attention and starts, like, sending herself gifts and stuff to be, like, pretending she has all these secret admirers. He's got some sparkly baby blues. He's a good-looking dude. I love that, though. Sending herself love letters, flowers, and candy to look desired. Mm-hmm. Hilarious move. It was a, it was a good move. Ah! And it, it was effective because they end up going on a date. Christian invites Cher to go to a party with him. Oh, this is a famous line where she's getting ready for the party and she's got this really short, tiny white <laughs> dress on. And Josh goes great. to uh, Cher's dad, like, are you going to really let her go out in that? Mm-hmm. And her dad's like, what are you wearing? And she goes, a dress. And her dad goes, says who? And she goes, Calvin Klein. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, are you going to put a jacket on over that? And she goes, yeah, of course. She puts her jacket on and it's literally see-through. Literally see-through. It was so, so good. funny. And because of that, Josh is like getting a little jealous and he looks at his ex-stepdad and is like, 
Maybe I should. Maybe I should go. You think I should go? Maybe I should go. When she walked down the stairs, his face was smitten. Yeah, she looked good. She, she really looked good. And so Josh ends up going to this party, and this party scene was great. They had a live band, which yeah, was like I know. really they solid. Have- I loved it. Brass and all of that. And so Cher is there with Christian. They're dancing. They're vibing. They're having a good time. Josh is there as well. And they end up staying like super, super late. They are the last people at the party. Oh, and Josh notices that Ty is by herself. Oh, yeah. She's that the was one nice. to dance with because Elton blew her off. And now Elton is with Amber. And Josh asks Ty to dance with him because he notices she's sad, which was yeah, cute. That was very nice. But they end up being the last people at the party. And Christian still wants to hang out. He's like talking to the bandmates and stuff like that. And Josh offers to drive the girls home so that Christians can stay out and party. At this point, Josh discloses to Cher that he's avoiding trying to go home over spring break. And he's like planning on just staying at campus. And Cher's like, that's super lame. You should come over here for spring break, which Josh accepts. Yeah, they're getting along. They're watching cartoons together. They're eating an obscene amount of Cheetos that made me really want to eat Cheetos. Oh my god, it was the biggest bowl of Cheetos. Oh, we should eat Cheetos after this. Yeah. Do we have Cheetos? No. Oh, we have those uh, Carolina Reaper ones. I can only have like six Eat a whole bag. Oh my god, no. They're good though. They're wicked delicious. But but I (laughs) definitely get like an adrenaline rush after them and then I feel high, honestly. Oh, they're intense. Oh, they're so hot. So Christian is coming over again for a date night and- Cher is very excited. She's she is ready planning, to swipe that V card. She is planning to do it with Christian. Uh, she <laughs> decides to bake for him because I think in all the movies, all the women are always baking when they have men come over to impress them or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know where she got it, but it was a cute idea. I thought it was like, oh, the house will smell like cookies. She literally put a full roll of cookie dough on the tray yep. and put it in the oven. She didn't do a good job, though. She forgot and it burns. But and Christian goes, oh, honey, you baked. <laughs> she goes, I tried. It was super cute. And Christian brought over some movies with lots of handsome men in them. And they go upstairs to watch. Cher's trying to turn on the moves, give him some kisses. He's not super into He's it. He's like, I'm tired. Up- She's like, I'll make you coffee. He's like, yeah. I don't drink caffeine. She's like, I saw you drinking lattes. He's like, eh, not it's tonight. It's foamed. <laughs> I gotta go. So he ends up leaving and... The next day, Cher is telling Dee and Murray about this, and she's kind of dismayed, thinking that she doesn't have the moves. And this is one of the parts that didn't age that great. No. Murray is using a whole lot of euphemisms to basically tell the women that Christian is is gay. Mm-hmm. And he ends up he calls him a cake boy, among other a friend uh, of Dorothy. Lots of other things. Also, a delightful scene here because Dee was driving the car while all of this is happening, and she's a terrible driver and accidentally merges onto the freeway. Holy crap, it was wicked funny. It reminded me of, remember when your brother had his permit mm-hmm. and we took him on the highway for the first time? And he did great. He it did a phenomenal job. It was the exact job. opposite of that experience and it was really funny. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> he also had sticks. So like, I didn't realize that when you go into a higher gear, because I only drive an automatic car. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm not cool enough, but the car really has to go. Yeah. Crazy. But he did a great job. I felt safe. I would not have felt safe with Dion. No. And so... We have another scene where the girls are at the mall and Ty is sitting on this railing kind of flirting with these two guys and they end up like grabbing her and dangling her over the railing really scary. Scared the crap out of me. And yeah, she's dangling and they're all shopping with 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 Christian. Christian. Now that Cher's not trying to sleep with him, she realizes that they actually have a whole lot in common and they're fast friends. Yeah. But 
Christian sees this happening and like a very nice man runs over and, and saves like Ty. Like a nice, nice person. Well, yeah. Probably not, intervene. Not, doesn't calls have to them be assholes. This is not great for Cher though, because Ty starts getting really, really popular because all these kids at school are like oh really God. interested in her Tell near me about death, death story. Basically. Did your life flash before your eyes? Yeah. All that stuff. And Ty, it goes through her head. She's mean to Travis. And, yeah, and she's starting to be mean to Cher as well. She's blowing uh, Cher off. Cher has her driving test, like you said in the intro, does a terrible job. She literally hits a car and then almost runs a bike dude off the road. A, a biker? A biker man. Not Bike. a like, not a motorcycle. A, a, a bicyclist. 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 <laughs> off the know. road. It was, it was intense. She almost killed them. And Ty comes over to her house. And after she failed her test. After she failed her test and... Ty admits to Cher that she likes Josh and Cher kind of pushes back and is like, I don't think that you guys would be good together because she's realizing that she likes Josh actually. And Ty insults her and she calls her a virgin who can't drive. Yeah. Which really just cut right to the quick. So they kind of like separate and Ty's like, we'll talk when we mellow out. Because Cher's like, that was really harsh. And we got a great little song montage of a song that we've heard before. All by myself. The mummy. It was hot in the 90s. Yep. And so she realizes that she likes him, but he might like someone else. And she's like, how is that possible? And so she decides that to impress Josh and to get with him, she needs to make over her soul. Mm Mm-hmm. And so she starts getting, like, educated about the goings-on in the world. And she learns about the Pismo Beach disaster. And so she is in Mrs. Geis's class, who is Mrs. Hall, actually, because they got married? Nope. Oh, no, 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 not yet. Nope. She's Mrs. Geist still. Ms. Geist right now. Yep. Sorry. I and forgot that like was a, right at the end. She has, like, a food drive and a clothing drive. Yeah, and she's asking for kids to get involved. And Cher's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And this ends up being really successful because Cher's pretty popular. And she's a good almost litigator she's able to convince all these other kids at the school to get involved there's a great scene of her like grabbing all this stuff from the house to donate and what she knows about the pismo beach disaster is that they lost everything and so she's bringing all of this stuff she doesn't use anymore which is including like skis uh, skis, like snow skis and her dad's like i don't think that they need those and she she said, they lost everything. I think that includes athletic equipment, which I just <laughs> loved. The way she like super confidently said it, it was great. Oh, man. But, but yeah, it goes well. Good drive. Travis donates his bong, which I thought was good. She's yes. going to put it in the box with kitchen appliances. And he invites her to this skating competition that he's in. And mm-hmm. Cher's like, you know what? I'm going to do this. She's learned a whole lot. She's grown up. And she goes. She sees Ty there. Yeah, and she starts kind of vibing on Travis again, which was nice. Yeah, and Ty and Cher repair the relationship. Yeah, and so we get the last little arc of the movie now. Throughout the whole movie, her dad has been working on law stuff at home. And Cher started- Law stuff. You know. And so Cher started helping him with those things at the end of the movie. And it turns out she might have messed one of them up. She might have highlighted something that she wasn't supposed to. and. One of her dad's employees is like kind of reaming her out for it. And Josh stands up for her. What a bad idea to ream out your boss's daughter. Yeah. And then admit that you're taking a sick day. That's not actually a sick day to avoid the case. Probably not going to go very well. For yeah, him. I don't think he's going to keep his job very long. But yeah, they 
end up bonding. And she says, you know, you think I'm just a ditz with a credit card. But she realizes that he, no, actually really does care for her. And he's very tongue-tied in this scene. Yeah. He's young like, Paul Rudd. That's not true. And they end up, they end up smooching. They smooch right on the lips. Mm-hmm. On and a giant staircase in their house. The Gossip Girl staircase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the final scene of the movie is the, the teachers getting married. Mr. Hall and Miss Geist. Yep. And Cher is actually a bridesmaid because well, she, she did bring set them, them together. Up, she really was cute. a matchmaker. Ty and Travis are together. Dion and Murray are still together. Yep. And she ends up catching the bouquet, which was really cute. Yeah, because they won 200 bucks. Josh tells her that he's got 200 bucks on her that she'll catch the bouquet. Yeah. And Cher's like, I got it in the bag. And then it ends with a big fat smooch. Smoocheroo. And that's Clueless. But what's missing from this recap, and there is no possible way we I could do it justice, is just all of the great banter and the super high quality voiceover narration and all the witty one-liners. It was really, really funny. Do you have a couple that you wrote down that you want to run through? There's a couple that we had kind of talked about throughout, but one that I like really, really loved was when Cher and Ty are at the party and they see yep. Elton dancing with Amber, the girl they don't really like. Mm. And Ty is really insecure because Elton had just turned her down essentially. Ty goes to Cher. She's like, do you think she's prettier than me? Talking about Amber. Mm -hmm. And Cher goes, she's a Monet. Far away, it's pretty, but up close, it's a straight mess. <laughs> I loved that Really, line. really good. So good. And what made it even better to me was then Ty was asking for a recommendation of how to... She was like warm with her flannel on. And so she asks Cher for a recommendation of what to do with it. And Cher's recommendation of how to look cute was to tie it around her waist do you remember when that was like a thing that people did as a fashion statement oh dude i did that like not long ago <laughs> like i like i was a sophomore in college and that was like a look oh the it's flannel not around the waist good. it's really not good oh and why because then you get too hot you take it off you have a cute tank underneath and then you get cold you put it back on i don't know it it didn't I've work for me. I've literally worn a similar outfit. <laughs> and you looked great. You're so <laughs> rude. But in that scene, there was another great line where with Cher and Josh having some banter, where Cher's really proud of herself. And, you know, she's saying that she's kind of mentoring Ty. And I think it was Josh. He says, under your tutelage, she's exploring a challenging world of exposed midriff. <laughs> Wonderful. Bear midriff. Bear, ah, bear midriff. It was so good. And you know what? Something, I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast. Something I hate. A lot of people like this comedy. I am not a fan of it. When the, when the banter is just too rapid and too witty, like it takes me out of the moment because I'm like, there's no possible way that any human could think of this retort that quickly mm -hmm. and that frequently. Like Letter Kenny. That show, I, I wasn't able to get into it because that was a lot of how the characters delivered the line. I loved this movie because I don't think they did that. They would have like a funny retort and like a quick, you know, response or something, but it wasn't like it wasn't 18 in a row. Yeah. So these types of responses were like, oh, that was a sick burn. Uh, but they didn't, like you said, tennis it back and forth. So I loved it. I thought it was really, really, really good. Mm -hmm. I would say the other line I loved, so share. She told her dad that her teachers were lowballing her. Mm -hmm. And then she got her C plus. She made it all the way to an A minus. And mm -hmm. she told her dad, like, hey, my grades improved. Um, he's like, did you do any extra credit? Did you, you know, 
stay after class and get tutoring or something? Like, what happened? Did you redo some assignments? And she goes, no, I just, you know, argued the case, essentially, Mm -hmm. you know? And he goes, I couldn't be happier if they were based on real grades. (laughs) Like, he was so excited (laughs) that that she- That was so good. Yeah, there, there was a lot of them. There was a lot of really good- little quips and and a lot of the good quips were highlighting Cher's cluelessness but not necessarily like making fun of her no it was making it like relatable so in the opening she's talking about how beautiful her house is and all this stuff their house has these gigantic like marble columns or whatever Mm -hmm. and she says these columns date all the way back to 1972 which was so good because to her, like, that's, like, ancient and historic and all that. And, I mean, like, it's nothing, you know? <laughs> like, her dad built them. Yeah, she says they're classic columns. Yeah, classic Dating back columns. to 1972. Oh, that's also when we find out her mom died in a fluke liposuction accident. I actually completely forgot about that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Horrid. Horrid way to die. So, yeah, like, there were, like, with her debates and stuff, there was always these little bits of her, like, she had good points, though. Underlying points were good. It was yeah. just the delivery and the examples that she used to, like, make it relevant to her life were out of touch. And what I liked is it was a nice balance of her being clueless because she was, like, rich and wealthy and had a very different upbringing from anyone. But also she was just clueless and out of touch because she was 16. Yeah. You know, it, it was just like, yeah, but she's like a kid still figuring out the world. That's how I took it to be for Clueless. Not that she's a ditz, but that she's still a kid and she's learning the ways of the world. It's yeah. kind of, after rewatching it, was kind of the message that I got from this movie. Which I liked a lot. I thought that was important. Because in the opening, I said, it's, it has to be more a thing about wealth, or I didn't anticipate this, age versus gender. And it was definitely not about gender. I didn't take it that way. Actually, I'd love to get your take as a woman because that matters a lot more than (laughs) my take as a man. But for me as a man, I was not understanding this film as making fun of her or, you know, her cluelessness was because she was a woman. I didn't get that sense at all. As a woman. Yeah, I would say so in my notes, one of my likes that I have is this felt like a coming of age to me. And it felt like a coming of age in the way that she learned about people Mm -hmm. and like relationships and love and things like that i felt like it was more of like her gaining like an emotional intelligence like a worldly intelligence Mm -hmm. i didn't take it as like she's clueless because she's a dumb blonde yeah you know but you see her grow throughout the movie and the movie does again it takes place over a longer period of time which is like a whole school year i'm really happy about it as well Mm -hmm. and i would say like a lot of it is like she's giving advice and very confident that she knows the way that the world works in the beginning. And it's mm-hmm. her discovering that that's not actually true. And like she's misreading people and misinterpreting things. And like she's and not misvaluing things. Definitely misvaluing things, right? Like with Elton, it goes right over her head that Elton was into her and not Ty, mm-hmm. right? And she's misvaluing the bond between. Ty and Travis, like he's just like a genuinely good person, and they do have a lot in common. Yeah, and, and she's overvaluing that popularity and that would, image and yeah. things like that. Right? It was so, great. So I think it was cluelessness in that sense for like people and love and relationships. Yeah, and um, and sometimes it was a little on the nose because they would literally use the word clueless after one of those revelations. But it was yeah, nice. But it, I, was, it was good. I think the word clueless was getting misinterpreted. Yeah, especially because of the way that Cher might present on her face exactly so and i do think it was a coming of age i think it was a little bit of a coming of age light 
because I think a lot of that evolution and growth happened kind of quickly. I don't think so. Well, like, I think they kind of, like, there was a moment where Cher was literally like, I am going to come of age now. And then, like, pushed herself to grow. And then it kind of happened in montages. Like, they set up the foundation for how she was going to know to do it and what she what experiences she was going to pull on to make that growth happen. But, like, she kind of stayed the same for a while and then, like, grew up. Maybe. I feel like it was developing throughout, especially with her conversations with Josh. That yeah, started that's early fair. in the movie. That's fair. And, like, taking care of her dad and the lawyers and thinking about feeding them and things like that. Also, I'm circling back, so you talked a lot about the banter, the back and forth. Yeah. And I liked it a lot, but I also particularly liked Cher and Josh's banter mm. because it never got to be too mean. Yes. Like they never took it too far with one another and were overly insulting, but it still felt very sibling-y to me at times, but I think because they were set up as pseudo-siblings, right, it was kind of a red herring. Yeah. Right, you could interpret it as sibling banter, but if you go back and watch it and you know they're going to get together, it feels very flirtatious. Yeah. But it was never like over the top and it was never too mean. And I think sometimes another thing with some shows that are really witty and quick with it, like Veep, for example, love Veep. Yeah. However, sometimes they're very mean in their wit. And I didn't feel like this was that case in this movie, which I, I enjoyed. And on their banter flirty ending up being a love story, in the opening I said I hope that the love wasn't like overpowering slap you in the face because it not everything has to be a love story. And I kind of liked that about this movie. A lot of Cher's time was working on setting other people up versus her finding love. And there's mm-hmm. the little bit with Christian where she's like really trying to force it, but it wasn't over the top. And I thought it was realistically done. Mm-hmm. And so you almost don't really think it's going to be about Cher's love story until the end. And I kind of liked that. Yeah. Instead of it, like, the whole movie being about trying to get a dude or something like that, it was more about Cher's growth and her experience in this school year, and then that just happened to be a part of it, almost. And her wanting to help other people, mostly. Like, her teachers, yes, it was to help herself with her grades, but it was also... I think she genuinely wanted her teachers to be happy. Yeah, And, and then she... There's also a little monologue voiceover where she talks about seeing D and Murray together and realizing that they actually do have a good relationship. And, and they like, bring out the best in one another. Yeah, and like uh, these other examples of love in her life where she was like, you know what, maybe love isn't like this thing, that's gross thing that is below me, but it actually can be like something that would have value for me and I'm actually interested in my life. And so she kind of like opens up to it. I liked how that was done because it didn't just present as... A teen movie where obviously love was going to be involved. Yeah. Like, or I like think the this goal movie... is I have to have a boyfriend. Yes. Like this movie could have not had that love bit and it still would have been pretty much the same movie, which is why I think the love bit worked. I could agree with that. You know, and it's Paul Rudd who wouldn't fall in love with a young Paul Rudd. Yeah. Let's wearing eyeliner. He was definitely wearing eyeliner, right? I was still into it. It made his eyes pop. Anything else that you enjoyed? I loved Cher's dad. He was I thought he was written really well. It was a charming movie. It really sucked you in. It was charming. It was easy to get lost in. At sometimes I had trouble taking notes because I just was enjoying it so much. I, I would forget to type for a while. Mm-hmm. And I thought that Alicia Silverstone was phenomenal. I thought she was a great actor. I thought she was really good in this role. She was super charming. She had a ton of charisma. She was really funny. She had great comedic timing. 
I, I really liked it. I, I thought that her performance was really impressive. You know, sometimes when you have adults portraying kids, but you know, sometimes like it can be cringy because you feel like they're playing the role. Yeah. Like it didn't feel like that at all. No. I think all the kids actually, all the actors did a good job playing high schoolers. Yeah. The only performance that I really couldn't get sucked into was uh, Dee's. Really? Yeah. Oh, I liked her. I, I think maybe they just didn't give her enough screen time. And maybe. so it didn't develop for me. But because like sometimes I I was struggling to decide if she was just delivering her lines kind of flatly or if that was the character she was going for. I, I didn't love her performance, but it might have been the, just she didn't have enough screen time. Yeah, I thought I liked her friendship with Cher. She wasn't in the movie as much as I remembered. They kind of focused no. more on Cher and Ty's relationship as the movie progressed. But I liked Dee. At times, I thought Ty was a little bit too bubbly. But for the most part, I really liked her. Mm-hmm. The last piece I want to talk about that I liked was, full disclosure, I watched the 2020 version of Emma right before I, <laughs> I watched this movie. And this movie was based loosely on the book Emma. So I want to say I did not read the book by Jane Austen. <laughs> yes. I watched the 2020 movie adaption. That being said... There are so many parallels. Like, I don't think loosely is the correct word. <laughs> like, they followed it pretty closely, it was the Emma. story. Pretty much. So, Alicia Silverstone's character, Cher, would be Emma. And Emma's character in the movie takes care of her dad's health. He's kind of like a hypochondriac in the Emma movie. Mm -hmm. um, but Cher is, like, constantly monitoring what her dad's eating. Like, at one point, she's trying to make sure he's getting his flu shot. She's watching his yeah. cholesterol. She's making sure he's eating healthy foods. So, I kind of liked that. Whether they portrayed that. Mm -hmm. Also, in the movie Emma, Emma takes in this lower, because Emma is very rich in mm -hmm. the in the books, in the world of Jane Austen as well. And there's like a girl who is from like middle class or like lower wealth named Harriet, who she takes under her wing and tries to set up. So that would be the equivalent of Ty in this movie. And they become really good friends. Although the whole purpose of them getting together in the first place was her to like basically give her a makeover and set her up with a good match in mm -hmm. society but they do become good friends so i kind of like that continuity with their relationship also in emma emma sets up her governess with someone to get married with so oh, that's wow. kind of like her teachers getting <laughs> together right and then emma tries to set harriet her friend up with someone named lord elton Oh, boy. Wow. So Ty's love interest is actually Elton. So they really, like, kind of follow the story pretty closely. Yeah. that. <laughs> just in case you, you missed that one, they were like, we really need to just tie some of this home. <laughs> no, for real. So I don't That's know. That's cool, though. I like it. I, I kind of want to watch Emma now or read it. You know, reading's cool, too. Reading and, is cool. I'm uh, a big Jane Austen fan, so I, I should read Emma. how similar they are. I enjoyed it. I yeah. enjoyed it. As I was going through, I was like... I know what's going to happen next because I just watched Emma. That's pretty fun. The other thing I would say is like, clearly this movie was not based on real high school experiences, mm -hmm. but it definitely was like an elevated, glamorous version of it. And it didn't feel so grossly unrealistic or full of satire that yeah. it still felt like relatable. Yeah. Like some of these shows about high school kids, you're like, there's no way they're actually in high school. Not because they're only because they're played by by like, like 30 38 year olds. year olds yeah but like the oc one tree hill gossip girl it's like like gossip girl they were literally like solving problems with like as the ceo of a company as like a sophomore in high school they're like gotta go write my history paper be right back it's like come on 
like the drama was turned up so high that it's like there's no possible well, way like that these Riverdale are aren't used. they like solving murders or oh some my god shit? yeah exactly but this movie was like all of the drama was just like about being a kid which was nice yeah it was realistic it was I liked nice. it it was good overall the stakes weren't as damn high <laughs> also I did remember I loved the like slang in this movie oh my god it was so fun so you already mentioned her as if which was my favorite you're gonna start saying that to me probably i I wrote down a few and i missed a bunch but at one point she said fat as like a cool you know like the phat yeah Cher kept saying classic which was really cool someone at one point said check it i feel like you still say check it I might actually. <laughs> at, at the party, they described the band as kicking. I think D might have said this, but said that, like, you're bugging. And then when, uh, oh, I think it was Cher said this to Ty when she insulted her and said that was way harsh. Yeah, way harsh. But my favorite one, I can't remember who said this, but at one point somebody said something was dope, which I really liked because I do still say that. <laughs> I still say that one. You do. It's acceptable. This movie has given you permission to use that word forever now. Cool. Fat. Classic. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> All right. Um, Any dislikes? Yes. What do you feel like you did not enjoy? So I got a couple of neutrals. Okay. Because I, I can't really hold them, hold this against them. But God, that fashion was just dreadful. I loved the fashion. Oh, I loved it. It was, it was insulting I to more my of it. eyes. I love the plaid. I loved all of Cher's skirts. I loved her dresses. The dress she wore to the party in the valley. I think they were wearing like some high fashion, like 90s stuff to show how rich they were. So like some of the supporting people like Amber just had like literally the worst clothing I've ever seen. I barely remember what Amber looked like or did. So more accurately, though, something that I think didn't age really great with this one. There was a lot of cultural references. Yeah. That, like, 20 years from now, people watching just be like, literally have no clue what you're talking about. It's starting to happen now, but it will definitely happen further down the road where it's just going to lose meaning for this film. And I think that's going to age kind of poorly. I can see that. There was, like, one or two already that I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. But it didn't take me out of it as a whole. Yeah. I love seeing their old cell phones. Oh, that the was great. The ones that had the antennas that came yeah. out. Ugh. I used to unscrew my antenna and take it out and, like, play with it and stuff. I... I don't know how I never lost it. You had a cell phone with an antenna? Oh, yeah. I had one of those old Nokia phones, like the brick ones. That's a meme now. I actually had one of those. Oh, no. I wasn't allowed to have a phone until much later. I just did so many extracurriculars that my parents were like, we need to be able to know where you are and pick you up when you are done. I had extracurriculars, too, but I had to take the late bus. And I was just expecting oh, to Oh, like be I didn't it. have a bus. That's That was the problem. It was like, pick your kid up after this activity type things. So other negatives, actual negatives. Well, this one's not actually. It's the nitpicky negative. I always have to have one, right? You do. That's what you're known for. God, the fake driving really killed me. It was like so fake. Like they were just staring at each other the whole damn time for like minutes. Oh, I didn't even notice that, to oh, be honest. It was wicked fake. It always takes me out of the she film. Because I mean, I'm, I'm always her... screaming in my head, look at the road. Look at the road. You're going to kill someone. You can't have her actually almost hitting a biker and actually hitting a car, though. No, no, no. It was like in the close-ups when they were talking in the car. Yeah. She would, like, the two actors in the scene would be looking at each other for, like, very long stretches of time. It made me uncomfortable. Well, she was also a terrible driver, so maybe that's realistic. (laughs) True. She literally, like, hit people and objects multiple times throughout the movie. That was another thing I loved, a great little one-liner, is Josh is helping her 
learn to drive or whatever. He's like, do you want to practice parking? She goes, what's the point? There's always valet. (laughs) That was good. And then she's explicitly called out for not knowing how to park when she fails her driving test. Yeah. Um, But probably the thing that that aged the worst was I think there was some language in this film that was very um, problematic and not endemic in the 90s. That was not great. Yes, I would agree. Those are my. There there were definitely some insensitive lines that really aged quite poorly. All the euphemisms for Christian's character when they reveal that he's gay. Yep, they they use the R word at one point. Cher refers to herself as such. Yes, when she's like talking to Mister Hall, I put this down as well. She's like, "Oh, I made extra coffee. I'm such an R word." Yep, and then in one of the opening scenes, there was a like fake suicide. Or, like, a joke about suicide, I mean. Not a fake suicide. Are you looking at my notes? No. I literally have these laid out just like that. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> we have all the same negatives. Um, Yeah, it was... He had a bad grade or he was going to be tardy, so the student tried to, like, literally crawl out, out the, window, the window. And the yeah. teacher was like, it's not worth suicide over or something. I don't know. Yeah, and, like, it wasn't overly awful, you know? It, it wasn't, like, throughout the film, like, something like Rush Hour, where it just, like, beat you over the head and you were like, oh, my gosh. Um, but there was a few of them and it took me out of the film. Yeah, I mean, they those scenes definitely soured. Yeah. For sure. But that's really all I got for negatives. The things I was most worried about didn't come to be, so I felt pretty good about this one. Yeah. Was there anything that you had that I missed? I would say the only other negative was there's a lot of talk about food that I thought was unhealthy and problematic, like calling mm. themselves heifers for eating too much and like going over everything they ate that day. Oh my god, heifer! Yeah, or yeah. saying like I want kids a at my school said that. Ouch. Yeah, they would actually call other people heifers, which was pretty bad. Yes, yeah, I had a very bad. very bully heavy school. <laughs> I don't think I did. Oh my gosh, my school was really bad for bullying, so we used a lot of the language that was in this film. Great. So very relatable high school experience. Relatable, but not not probably didn't need to be said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't need to perpetuate it. Um, Sorry, I jumped in. Yeah, no worries. But just some problematic language about food that I think that young people watching it, it just reinforces already unhealthy things out there about body type and being thin and what's desirable and yeah. just like unhealthy relationships with food. That being said, granted, all of the girls in this movie, all of them were very thin with like what society portrays as like the ideal body. Mm -hmm. However, I felt that they all had very real bodies. The camera didn't cover up any like natural, like folds in their skin when they're moving around. Mm. And like her Cher's dress was like rolled up at one point, like normal people's dresses do when they're like going over their hips and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that is, awesome because i feel like now everything's so edited and there's spanks under everything and i feel like they wouldn't show that anymore in a movie yeah like they weren't airbrushed and all that stuff like Mm. there was makeup you know yeah but it wasn't it wasn't super over the top edited like perfection always Mm -hmm. like Cher's character wasn't wearing spanks under that dress you know like she looked like a normal human being a very thin and beautiful normal human being but yeah. um, I thought that was refreshing to see because I feel like I, I just don't see that anymore. Yeah. So. And there were so many baggy clothes that a lot of times you couldn't tell what shape people were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> any, other, any other negatives or anything else that you want to talk through? Not really. I guess in the beginning I was like, oh, Cher and Josh's relationship is creepy because he's in college. 
Mm-hmm. And like she was 15 when the movie started and she was 16 at the end. He had to be 18, 19 years old. Yeah. So. A little bit of an age gap. Still a little creepy for me. With your ex-stepbrother. But they made it feel not creepy. Yeah. And I think they also didn't like spend too much time on their romance so that you didn't have time to think about it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Which was like probably a good move. Yeah. Like, they weren't really, like, dating. There was just, like, two kissing scenes, and that was kind of done. Yeah. As a man dated a rep- reporter in Texas, <laughs> like, I think I think their relationship did meet reportable criteria. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, <laughs> just throwing that out there, the age gap was yeah. probably more than three years, and she was a minor, so you would, you'd have to report that to CPS. So, yeah, I mean, that probably wasn't the best either, but watching the movie, I wasn't, like, grossed out by it. I think they did a good job of building up their relationship, but yeah, no, still weird Yeah, when you really think about it. So in the intro, Mm -hmm. you said, and so I'm deliberately jumping into the how did this age, but to set that up, in the intro, you said that this movie you felt paved the way for movies like Mean Girls and Easy A. Upon rewatch, how do you feel about that statement? 100% stand by that statement. Yeah? I really think it did. Yeah. And so because of that, how how do you think this one aged? I think this aged like a wine. Like I enjoyed it. I would actually watch this movie again in the near future. I can't disagree. As someone who had never seen it, probably really wasn't even like the core demographic of who they were targeting when they were making this film. I have really enjoyed it. It was wicked funny. It was witty and relatable and ac- I don't know, like accurate to the time frame and the people that they were trying to portray, but still in like a farcical funny way like it was good it was well done i'm really i'm honestly potentially out of every movie that we've seen this is probably the movie that i am most surprised by because not only did it age potentially a little bit differently than i might have expected on face value because like just looking at it i i said this in the intro i feel like it could pretty easily not be a wine but for me this is like a really big wine i really enjoyed it it's a cult classic for a reason i would watch this again like you said yeah, I laughed out loud. I love the characters. It did make me feel nostalgic for the 90s, for sure, even though my experience in the 90s was very different mm-hmm. from her experience in the 90s. And I would recommend it to people who haven't watched it. I'd oh, say, hell yeah. go watch it. I it's hadn't great. watched it, and I really enjoyed it. I think the story held up well, too, because like you said, it was based on a book. And I think stories that have that structure yeah. of a book, it really does help. It does help. I'm really, I in my old age, I am in starting to age. realize that. As I've consumed more more movies, and I think especially for movies, this is where it holds up. You have such a limited amount of screen time to tell your story. Having that really good format from a book just helps. It just really helps make the most of that time. Also, shout out to Emma from 2020. It's on HBO Max. <laughs> it was a great watch. I really enjoyed it. I still think Pride and Prejudice is, is better, but uh, Emma was pretty good. Fun fun time. One night watch Emma, another night watch Clueless, or vice versa. Yeah. think you'll enjoy it. It's a good movie weekend. Then and now. You'll get echoes of either one. But yeah, I definitely recommend this to people who haven't seen it. I would recommend it to basically without reservation to any human. I think it's a pretty solid bet that you will not be angry that you watched it. You know, like sometimes you're like, I loved this movie, but I can't recommend it to you because you'll probably hate it. This definitely isn't that type of movie. I think it's very approachable for lots of people. Universally accessible. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to leave this movie liking it this much. I mean, like, honestly, we rented it for like 72 hours. I kind of want to like 
go watch it again right now. I feel like this is a movie that you catch more stuff every time you watch it. Oh, definitely. It was, it moved really quick. It made the most of its time. But because of that, like, you can digest it differently every time you watch it, I think. Wow. Look at me. Crushed it. Didn't even know I was going to crush it. Definitely go watch it. It was really fun. If you've seen it, if you haven't, basically, as long as you're like above PG-13 age, go watch this movie. (laughs) Oh, good recommendation. (laughs) If you're not PG-13 age, I'm actually pretty surprised you're listening to our podcast. Uh, What are we watching next? Anyway, the next movie we are watching is exciting for me because it is our first. Always exciting for you. This one's extra exciting because it's a big milestone for the podcast. We are doing our very first listener-suggested episode. Listener-suggested and Kyle-chosen. Listener-suggested, Kyle-approved. Two out of two listeners recommend this movie. Two out of two. <laughs> that's all that's two written Two out of all two so listeners we have. So this is, A, a call to action for all of you listening to write in. Let us know what movies you want us to cover because we will do it on the podcast. Email us, winermilkpodcast at gmail.com. And you or DM us at Winermilk Podcast on Instagram or at Winermilk on Twitter. Exactly. Or our new Facebook page, facebook.com slash Winermilk. All of these opportunities for you to tell us what to watch because we do it and we are doing it next week. We are watching a movie sent in by listeners and it is. Can you just tell us? The Pokemon movie. <laughs> the first one. The first Pokemon movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. There are multiple Pokemon movies? Oh, there's tons. There's tons. There's tons and tons. Um, I think there's like literally like 19 or something. 19 movies? I think there's like literally been one a year. It's huge. It's a huge media franchise. I thought that there was a show. Like the the show has a lot of seasons. Yeah, and there's movies. movies. Yeah, it's insane. But I- Detective Pikachu. Does that count as a Pokemon movie? Not this type of, but it is a Pokemon movie indeed. Um, (laughs) Indeed it is. (laughs) I am a huge Pokemon fan. Pokemon is probably the thing in life I am most nostalgic for. So I am really pumped to watch this movie again. I really have no, I've I've seen it. I saw it in theaters. I collected all the cards. I still have them. I'm a big, big Pokemon fan, but I can't super remember this film. So it's going to be really, really fun to revisit. I've seen it once at the movie movie theater. And you are not as big of a Pokemon. And I don't remember anything. (laughs) No, I mean, I know some of the Pokemon. And I beat a game all by myself. You did. So you crushed it. You know, but I'm excited to watch it. Pikachu's cute. Mm-hmm. So. I do remember this being cute, especially the short in the beginning of the movie. I'm a sucker for a cute creature. So. Yeah. And Pokemon are all cute. So they I'm excited. Are. So yeah, that is what's next. Like we said, hit us up. Give us your suggestions. We just love to interact with you also. You know, you've, you've got our digits. No. Nope. Our social digits, as they were. Handles, maybe. <laughs> Our handles. That's what they're called online. <laughs> uh, check it. You got Oh, oh god. my god. <laughs> Dope. Oh, God. All right. On that note, we will talk with you next week. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Have a good one. <laughs>